You are listening to the voice of David Odajai. I am the host of the Half Court Hustle, the podcast dedicated to bringing you the finest in basketball news and analysis. And I've been gone a while since my last full episode on the 11th of November 2019. A lot has happened in the world. We've lost the late, great Kobe Bryant, one of the finest basketball players of all time. The world has been brought to a standstill by a global pandemic. And the murder of George Floyd and the resulting protests against racial inequality has brought home the fact that there are still battles against injustice that need to be fought and won. And in the midst of all that, it is true to say that there are bigger issues than basketball for all of us to focus on. But I love this sport. It's enriched my life since I was a teenager. And I would like nothing more than to share that passion with anybody who will listen. So with that said, I would just like to say welcome back. All right, let's let's go. Let's go. I'm so happy to see the return of basketball. I'm so happy to see the return of sport. Like I feel, you know, I, I don't have the words to express just how much everybody in the world has gone through over the last few months. So it's just nice to be able to have uh, a form of escape and just something to, to focus the mind on, you know, so I'm I'm happy to see basketball back. Um, and it's in a very different format than how we are used to. So just to kick off, for anybody who doesn't already know, I'm going to briefly explain the format of the NBA restart. So we've got 22 teams, nine teams out in the East and 13 teams out in the West. The decision to reduce uh, the season to 22 teams was partially to minimise the number of people having to, you know, be in contact with each other given the ongoing pandemic. So only those teams who were within six games of the eighth seed are participating in the NBA restart. Uh, five teams out west and only the Washington Wizards out in the east. Playoff format, same as usual, top eight teams get through. The interesting wrinkle in this particular restart is for the ninth seed in each conference, assuming that that ninth seed is within four games of the eighth seed, there's going to be a play-in for that final spot. So the eighth and the ninth seed will face off in a best of three format where the ninth seed has to beat the eighth seed twice to get the final playoff spot but the eighth seed only has to win once. So your record during the the regular season, very much still important in the lower half of of that um, playoff picture. And of course, the other massive thing about this particular restart is the fact that everybody is in Orlando. Everyone is in what is being dubbed the NBA bubble. All 22 teams are in the Orlando NBA camp and will play the entirety of the remainder of the season in that bubble. That means no home court advantage, no traveling. And of course, the big elephant in the room, the fact that players, coaches, personnel, people who do come down with COVID-19 will, of course, have to quarantine I'm not sure what the NBA's official quarantine timeline is. It's probably two weeks, the same as it is everywhere, everywhere else. Um, but that's a massive, that's a massive wild card. And, you know, thankfully, 
so far, no no player has tested positive for COVID-19 while in the bubble. And so um, just before the restart, there was, a, there was a test of each and every one of the players. All third, 332 tests came back negative. So that is pretty good news, especially when you see what is going on in the baseball world where um, I believe it was the Marlins... Um, a, a handful of players caught COVID-19 there and that has completely derailed, it's completely derailed the season. Um, so, you know, touch wood, hopefully the NBA managed to pull this one off and, and, and keep everybody safe and, and well. Um, and there are just so many wild cards going into this because not only do you do you have the whole displacement and change that all of these players are having to, to adapt to, but you've also got the COVID factor. If somebody comes down with it at a, at a key point and has to isolate you, that could change the that could change the course of the season. It could change the course of the playoffs. So, I think all of us are in all of us are in uncharted waters here. But thankfully, the restart was successful on Thursday night. We had the Jazz face off against the New Orleans Pelicans uh, with the Jazz. Um, pulling off a come from behind victory in that one and, uh, you know, setting back the Pelicans playoff chances just that little bit. But the game of the week and the game that I'm going to be focusing, of course, is the one fixture everybody's going to be talking about. The one fixture we've all had circled on our calendar for the past few weeks now, the LA Lakers taking on the LA Clippers in that tip off. The Lakers come out beating the Clippers by a hair, taking the game 103 to 101. LeBron James hit the game winner and closed that with some absolutely fantastic defense on both Kawhi Leonard and Paul George in that final possession. The win gives the Lakers a six and a half game lead over the Clippers out in the Western Conference. And I'm telling you, this game was entertaining from start to finish. There was a little bit of rust on both sides, um, especially in the sort of second and, and third quarter. But that that was a way to to start the that was a way to restart with a bang and you know it, it's good for the league to see this kind of competitive high level play I think it's it's, it's good for all of us that's a it's a win for basketball fans around the world that's what I'm gonna say that's what I'm gonna say heroes of the box score boy it's been a while since I've said that heroes of the box score Anthony Davis absolutely tore it up with 38 points and eight rebounds. He was a monster on offense, really, from start to finish, and he was a pest on the defensive end as well. The guy can just do it all out there, and if he wasn't getting a block, he was getting offensive charge calls, and, you know, otherwise he was hitting three-pointers. He was, you know, diving to the hoop for alley-oops. He was really getting it all done out there, and he is going to be such a big and critical part of this Lakers offense um, and and really you know one of the reasons why the Lakers are such hot favorites uh, going into this restart. LeBron had an excellent defensive fourth quarter but he struggled on offense to really get it going in those in those first three quarters you know he, he just he didn't have a shot behind him there were a couple of points where he got to the basket, wasn't necessarily getting the calls that he wanted to get and, and, and just wasn't able to finish through the contact as well as we're used to seeing him. Um, but he really made up for it in that fourth quarter. Came away from the game with 16 points and 11 rebounds. But really it was 
those critical defensive possessions in the back end of the fourth quarter, which made the difference for this team. On the Clipper side of the ball, uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George both look really nice offensively, putting up 28 points and 30 points respectively. Uh, Paul George in particular looked really smooth and I think that the time off for him has done him a lot of good. He's had the chance to come back and, and rehab and now both those shoulders looking pretty looking pretty healthy. He hit six three-pointers on 54% shooting. That's damn nice, you know. So so uh, Paul George out there looking smooth. Kyle Kuzma uh, for the Lakers looked pretty good in that playtime, in his playtime as well, adding 16 points and four three-pointers. He's a smooth operator on offense and he's able to really create his own shot and, and you know, hit from, from distance. And if he can get back to his, like, sort of high-scoring ways, he is going to be a good piece for the Lakers here because I think when when LeBron is on the bench and a lot of the the scoring pressure is on Anthony Davis, he's going to see a lot of double teams. He's going to see a lot of pressure from the defense. And if Kyle Kuzma can take some of that pressure, take some of that heat off of Anthony Davis and really become that reliable third scoring option, this Lakers team is going to be damn scary when it comes to the playoffs, man. Just to recap the game... Anthony Davis was cooking in that first quarter. He was really cooking in that first quarter. He had a couple of, uh, he managed to get a couple of charges and just really looked unguardable at points. Uh, early on in that game, the Clippers really did struggle offensively. Kawhi, I think, looked pretty sharp to start, but then he picked up a, a, a couple of fouls, including, you know, a charge on Anthony a charge on Anthony Davis. Um, and when he went to the bench, it, it, the, the Clippers really started to struggle. You know, Paul George kind of tried to keep them afloat. And I think a lot of um, a lot of that scoring burden is going to fall onto Reggie Jackson when it comes to creating shots for his team, moving the ball around. And, you know, when both Kawhi and Paul George go to the bench, the Clippers look a little bit lost on offense sometimes there's a lot of standing around you know there's there's not necessarily the sort of crisp uh ball movement and, and cutting that you would need to see when your star players are out of out of the game we're still early on in the season though so perhaps that's just a little bit of um the rust starting to fall off but the Clippers really looked quite vulnerable offensively at the at the start of that game and that is before we even get to the turnovers man like 20 turnovers for the Clippers um, for the full game. And really, there were there were long stretches where they would just cough the ball up. Um, they were lucky in that there were a lot of dead ball turnovers. So um, offensive fouls, charges, out-of-bounds plays. And they were really lucky that the the deficit, they, I think they were down, the most they were down by was maybe 13, 11, 13 points. Um, but they, they were really lucky that the Lakers didn't run away with it because they were turning the ball over so much. But the Lakers were just not able to capitalize and where the Clippers were really punishing the Lakers for their, their turnovers. I think there was one point in the third quarter, they showed that um, the Clippers had about maybe 16 turnovers and the Lakers had nine points, like nine points off of 16 turnovers. I think when you, when you get given extra possessions, you have to make use of it. Otherwise you allow your opponents to get back into the game. And that's what happened here. Going into the half, it was pretty close. The score was 54 to 52. But then the Lakers came out of the locker room looking really sluggish. And they were they were trash offensively to start that second half. They didn't get a field goal until uh, LeBron with a thundering dunk. 
maybe eight minutes into the, the quarter. So they looked really rough. But of course, to end the third quarter, Anthony Davis with eight straight points coming in, putting the team on his back with like a, a monster performance. Kyle Kuzma was out there kind of, you know, keeping the Lakers in the game as well. And that fourth, that fourth quarter, man, that, that fourth quarter was was really something. Um, both teams caught fire from three. Danny Green would hit a three and then, then Paul George would come back and hit one on the other end. Um, Paul George going late into that fourth quarter with about two minutes left. Drills a three-pointer to tie up the game. LeBron James coming back down on the other end of the court. Uh, skips forward, uh, misses a little floater in the lane. The Clippers turn and nobody nobody puts a body on LeBron James. So LeBron misses his own shot. The Clippers kind of freeze, you know, don't secure the rebound, don't lay a body on LeBron. He just skips through the lane, grabs his own miss and is able to hit what turned out to be the game-winning, the game-winning layup. And, you know, after, after that defensive breakdown from the Clippers... Um, they come up trying to tie the game up again. Kawhi Leonard uh, dribbles the ball up, is met at the top of the key by LeBron James, who absolutely just closed him down. Uh, switches on to Paul George, who grabs the ball and gets a decent look at a three-pointer, but he can't hit it. And so the Lakers escape by the skin of their teeth off the back of some very strong defensive play from LeBron James there. He really turned back the clock on a couple of those possessions. Like he he absolutely laid the clamps down on, on Kawhi on more than one occasion. Um, and that was really good to see because in the latter end of his career, I think LeBron has gotten quite a lot of criticism for taking possessions off and not really being as locked in on defense as, you know, he might have been in the, the past. I don't blame him. Look, the NBA is a long season. This guy's 35 years old. He's not going to be able to bring it 100% defensively every possession. But my man is out there looking like he's... He, you wouldn't... You know, I, I'd forgive you for thinking LeBron was 25 instead of 35. The guy is just an absolute force of nature. And it's fantastic to be able to, to witness this guy like playing almost as if he's at the height of his powers despite the fact that he's 35 and my man's got grey hairs in his beard and he's out here leading the league in assists, man. It's, it's, it's truly incredible to see. And um, you have to feel blessed as a basketball player to be able to, to witness that level of greatness. So there you go, uh, Lakers with... A uh, very good start to this NBA restart. Um, now, watching watching the game on NBA League Pass was it, it was a different experience. I think this is going to take a lot of time for everybody to get used to because they're all in the same they're all in the same arena, and I think you know you, you kind of I think it might literally be the same court everybody plays on for, for each of the games, and so. You know, you're not seeing you're not seeing the the sort of the different team decals. You're not seeing the mascot. You're not seeing you're not seeing the crowd, and so you have this environment where it feels like the players are all playing. It feels like they're all running scrimmages. It feels like you're watching a team practice. It doesn't feel like you're watching like a you know like a a, a marquee NBA regular season matchup. 
And credit to the announcers, I think they they did a very good job of, of keeping the energy levels high with their commentary. Because boy, that must be that must be strange because they they're not you know they're not you know by the the scorers table in the midst of all the noise and the crowd and the, the hype and stuff. And so they're kind of you know away in an announcer's box, away from all of the noise, away from the atmosphere, and they're having to kind of generate energy for people at home who are watching and listening. And you know it, it's Kevin Harlan, and that, that guy could <laughs> that guy could commentate paint drying and make it sound entertaining. But it is just it is just so interesting to to hear because LeBron will do something amazing. He'll uh, there was one possession where he you know he drives through the lane and has like a thunderous dunk. Um, and you know, Kevin Harlan is, is, is excited, but other than a few whoops and cheers from the Laker bench, there's like, there's like no other noise, bro. It's, it's, uh, it's really, it's really interesting. And even in the, the, the sort of the back end of that fourth quarter where the, the Clippers and the Lakers are trading three point shots back and forth, um, and LeBron hits that game winning layup. In the back of my mind, I'm used to, to hearing the crowd really start to ramp up and, and really start to roar. And it feels like you're playing NBA 2K and there's that sort of scrimmage mode where you're, you're doing five on five in, in practice before a game and it, the whole thing feels like that. So instead of a crowd, they had these televised screens where, where they had, you know, it was a Lakers home game. So they had people in, in Lakers jerseys being you know, I don't know if it was Zoom or Skype or whatever, but they're, they're on the screen and they're being projected where the, the, the seats would usually be. And so you're seeing like these random people in their living rooms kind of like waving their arms about, but you can't hear them. Uh, and it, it just looks so janky, man. It just looks so weird. And it's interesting that they've chosen to do that in particular, because I know in, in football, they've taken a very different approach where They've just covered all of the seats. So they're, they're in the stadiums. They cover the seats. You can't see any of that. But when they they uh, score a goal, um, they'll have like a reaction shot of these random people at home cheering. But you can't really hear them. It, it, it's, it's just bizarre. And they even they even had the nice touch of when um, any of the Clippers were about to shoot a free throw. They have the crowd kind of wave their hands, like trying to distract them. Um, but bruv, it, it was just, it was really different. And it had the consequence of making the atmosphere feel a little bit sterile. You know, as happy as I am to, to be seeing high-level basketball again, it, it's just not quite the same when you don't have the noise of the crowd to kind of, you know, spur the, the, the players on. And and when if somebody does, like, an amazing play or, you know, AD scores eight points in a row uh, and there's no reaction to it, you're a bit like, what is going on? One thing I would like to see, I'd like to see a little bit more, like, I'd, I'd like to hear a bit more of the chatter on the floor because usually with the, the crowd going, you don't really get to hear the players talk to each other. You don't get to hear the coaches react to what the players on, on the floor are doing. And, you know, obviously there's like the, the whatever, when they, they've got the, the players mic'd up, the State Farm audio assist or whatever the hell they call it. But the players are mic'd up. It's not the same. And they're, they're kind of like, you know, they they give you like a um a PG version of what they'd usually be saying on the floor. Like I just want I just want to hear it unfiltered, uncensored. Like what the hell is is LeBron saying when he's yelling at his um fellow players to 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 get back on defense? Like I want to hear that shit. Like I want to hear Doc Rivers being like, "What the you know, box out?" I want to I want to hear the coaches yell out the strategies of their players because all of that stuff 
that gets lost in the middle of the crowd noise. Now you have like a perfect uh, opportunity to really show people at home what that's like as a player to be on the floor and have to react to that kind of tactical noise uh, on a game-to-game basis. But they don't really, like you can't really hear all of that stuff, which is interesting given that it's a basically empty gym. Um, But, you know, there you go. It is fantastic to have the NBA back. It's fantastic to be back. Like I've, I've missed doing this. I've missed... Uh, talking about this stuff. I've missed analysing the games. I've missed recording and editing and just having my voice out there, man. So, you know, I'm really looking forward to the rest of the season. And again, knock wood that we managed to keep this stuff going and have, you know, a successful season and playoffs. And I'll be here. You know, hopefully I'll be here every step of the way. Um, So thank you for listening. Thank you for listening and until next time, see you later.